Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. And today, as you guys know, I competed for the first time in jiu-jitsu as a four-stripe blue belt, uh, made it to the finals, got the silver medal, and joining me now is the three-time gold medalist, the three-time silver medalist, and the two-time bronze medalist. I'm talking about Joshua Jones. Josh, welcome to Half the Battle. I appreciate it, Daniel. Thanks for having me on, man. It was a real joy competing against you. And I mean, jujitsu is a wonderful sport. So many stories and life lessons wrapped up in that sport alone. Um, I appreciate you having me on, brother. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. So we got so much to talk about, man. I mean, so for those that don't know, so I'm going to briefly talk about what happened and then we're, we're going to go into detail. So I won my first match 14 nothing, and then I faced Josh right here in the finals. The final score was 0-0. The ref had to make a decision. The ref raised Josh's arm. So Josh, congratulations on the gold medal. Uh, How did it feel to get the dub? You know, actually, I was really disappointed um, yesterday in the gym. And I saw you get right back in the gym afterwards as well, right? Uh, we're, we're addicted to it. But I was real. I was real disappointed, dude, because I played I played a safe game. I didn't work anything that I've been working on for the last month or so leading up to, you know, the match. And so what I noticed was is that I played a safe game. You know, I didn't open my guard. I didn't go for any of the sweeps. I didn't try to take the back. I did what was comfortable. I did what was, you know, I, I played to my strongest suits instead of taking any risk. Right. So, like you said, it was a draw. And, you know, I've been on the other side where somebody, you know, I've been, I've had a draw before and the ref has held up the other person's hand. And uh, when I look back at the film, I, I see your face, like you're immediately like confused, like, huh? And I know that face, you know, like I've had it as well. So um, nobody wants to walk away with it being zero to zero and a ref calling you know, who he thinks is the winner based on, you know, his opinion. We want we want real life metrics. Right. So we got to get back in there and roll again, dude. I agree. But you know what? It was such a valuable lesson for me because it taught me that you got to make things decisive. And honestly, I draw a parallel to our match to some of these UFC fights that happened this past weekend. Like, for example, the Holly Holm fight, the Ponzinibbio versus Pereira fight, the Eric Anders fight. Like, those were close split decisions. Now, I thought the Michelle Pereira fight was clearly his win, but the other ones could have gone either way. And the thing about a fight like that is it's one thing when it's clear but close. Like, for example, if it was 2 nothing you that's clear but close right, right. but that's when right. it's zero zero and it's 50 50 and it can go either way you know if you have a bad attitude you can be like oh the judges robbed me this and that but right. my attitude was you know what my lesson is that next time i got to go out there and make it more decisive i right. got to leave it without a shadow of a doubt that i won the match so that actually really helped me a lot because i because firstly not to make excuses, but like after my first match, I was so damn tired that I was yeah. like, OK, I'm just going to play it safe here and see what happens. But looking back at it, man, like a little bit more effort from either of us and, it, right. and maybe a point would have been scored. Right. Well, I tried some takedowns. You wouldn't let me take you down. <laughs> <laughs> um, at some point, I should have let go and went for the ankle pick, but uh, your coach was calling it. And I was like, man, if I go for the ankle pick and if the coach is caught, he, he's going to be ready for it, you know. But you would not let me take you down at all. So I was forced to close guard, you know, full guard. And um, you called it, brother. Both of both of us could have did better. And, yeah, you know, I got the win. But honestly, 
I, I wasn't I wasn't satisfied, you know, just like you weren't satisfied. So um, there there's a definite lesson there. And I had a lot of support there. And all the guys, I think I think the guys expected to see a little more out of me as well. So Chris Lau in the chat's asking what weight class. It was light heavyweight, um, which uh, was like 195. I weighed in like 193 with my jeans on and shit. Like uh, I'm planning on actually dropping to 175 for my next one, July 2nd. Um, oh, you- wow. That's amazing. So um, I, I weigh 187. Usually I weigh in at about 191. I have no clue why I weighed in at 187, but I'm not complaining. Yeah, that's nice, man. Yeah. So, okay. So we got to talk about the week leading up to it. Cause like, at least from my perspective, there were a lot of nerves and then getting there on game day, the actual matches themselves. And then we'll finish it off by talking about our actual match itself. So, of course. so I signed up on about Tuesday and the match was on Saturday. So I, I look in our, you know, category and our weight class to see who's in there. And you're, you're the only person that had signed up at that point. So uh, it says Joshua Jones X three. And actually, um, you might not know this, but two of my best friends are some of the biggest fighters from X three, uh, Nathan Williams and Robert Hale. Like they're two of my best friends, like absolutely love those guys like brothers. So I looked you up, I went to your IG. I was like, okay, like, and I just knew right there in my head, like, yeah, me and him are going to be in the finals. Like, cause like I could see by the stuff you're posting, the kind of discipline you have, like you're a student of the game, you take it seriously, you truly love the art, and you just seem like a cool dude. You're out here, what, you're building airplanes and helicopters, you're about to get your pilot's license, like, you, are you an adrenaline junkie? Like, what's the deal, man? Nah, actually, the aviation focus is just something I've always had from a kid. Like, I always knew I was, wanted to do something that involved airplanes. I've always been fascinated with it. I went into the Air Force 18 and 22 when everybody all else went off to college it's the smartest thing i could have done as a teenager is to go into the military and let them tighten me up a little bit and then i got out of the military and i just stayed with the uh trade and i worked on jets i've owned a company i've now rebuilt helicopters it's an extremely rewarding career but um uh, to your point it also you know certain careers certain crafts you got to have a certain discipline but once you get into culture it kind of it, it continues to cultivate more discipline. You know what I mean? Um, me getting my pilot's license is just a product of being in the aviation maintenance industry for, you know, 15 years and having that privilege available. I mean, let's just put it like this, man. One doesn't simply build helicopters and airplanes. Like if I try to do that shit, there'd be crashes left and right. You know what I'm saying, man? So it takes a special individual. You got to truly want to do that. You got to be passionate about that, which it seems like you are. Yeah, for sure. I'm extremely passionate about anything aviation related. And uh, I have a brand called The Bird Craft, which is the craft of fixing birds. We call airplanes and helicopters birds. And uh, it's, it's geared towards helping educate, you know, the youth and anyone interested in doing aviation maintenance. You know, there's a YouTube channel and everything. So I'm, I'm extremely passionate about it. But uh, I did not have the edge that you had coming into the fight. I had no clue who I was fighting against. Um, I didn't have anybody's Instagram. Um, a couple of fighters in the gym, um, one of them, Amon, a high-level purple belt. I mean, he fought at the tap-out event, uh, and he got three all, – all three matches he submitted, right? He, he's in, in one, they put him up against a brown belt. I mean, he's a beast. But uh, Amon told me that I think I could go on Grappling Flow or FlowGrappling.com yeah. and that – we all have profiles on there in that the 
matches are recorded and put on there and you know we can go there and look up our competition but i didn't want to psych myself out man you know uh they say that it's the fight's not about me and you it's about me versus myself right it's about what moves do i remember what's my game you know you don't want to get distracted by your opponent and so um i i just kind of went in there fresh i wish i had data but the other side of it is man i could I could watch a training film of what you were doing a year ago or this, that, and the other and expect that. And you, you've been got, you have a completely new game and you've completely worked me over because I expected something, right? Yeah, exactly. So Chris is asking IBJJF rules. Yep. IBJJF rules. So, okay. So I sign up on like Tuesday or Wednesday. I look in who's in my weight class and you're the only person that had signed up at the time. So I look you up, I go to your Instagram. I'm like, okay, like I already knew like this is going to be a serious match. Like there's, this ain't going to be a a fucking walkover. I'm not about to run this guy over. So I was nervous already. And I'm actually more nervous because I'm a four stripe blue belt and I'm about to get my purple belt. And I don't want like to just get embarrassed to the point where like my, my, a professor has to rethink oh maybe daniel's not quite ready for his purple belt yet and and that kind of like leads to things about like playing it safe because once i get that purple belt i feel like i'm going to be going to these competitions as an underdog with nothing to lose and if i get destroyed if i get choked out in 30 seconds like it's not that big of a deal whereas here like i I couldn't afford to get choked out in 30 seconds because i'm that close to my purple belt like i just couldn't afford that so the nerves were fucking with me hard man and also because you know you don't want to get embarrassed in front of your teammates you don't want to get embarrassed in front of your family like my dad was there my dad's wife was there like you know, and I've been training jujitsu for so long. I don't want them to see me for the first time. And, you know, I get embarrassed and then be like, oh, this is what you've been putting all your effort into. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So it was one of those things. So I've been doing jujitsu for three years, but I've taken I've taken it seriously for about one solid year. And what I mean by that is beforehand, I was doing about three classes a week and now I get seven to ten hours on the mat. Right um in november i decided well q4 21 so fourth quarter of last year i decided that i wanted to compete and i'm i have a fairly addictive personality so when i decide to do something i'm gonna continue to do it so i said i was gonna do one tournament a month so you know all the awards that you mentioned or whatever that's all been done within the last eight months right so this was my eighth one so imagine if you're doing one tournament a month at some point yeah you're excited about your next match but honestly, I didn't get nervous and start to recognize that, oh, wow, I'm actually about to roll until I put my gi on and I started warming up. And then at that point, um, I was like, okay, this is, you know, nervous. And I'll tell you something else. Um, my truck was broken into last week. My gym yeah. bag was stolen. Dude, when I tell you um, $2,000 worth of stuff, my brand new Origin gi, I just paid like 300 bucks from that thing. You know, Jocko and his whole brand, you know? Yeah. And I waited 12 weeks for that sucker and it was stolen. And uh, then the day before the, our fight, my other blue belt was stolen inside the gym. So let me ask you this, Dan. Do you know how many stripes I have on my blue belt? Well, on our match, it showed you had four stripes. Yeah. That was my professor's old blue belt, dude. I'm a one stripe blue belt. So he brought his blue belt for me to perform. And uh, we walked away with jokes saying, hey, that's the lucky blue belt, right? Because both of my matches were tied and I got the advantage on both of them. 
And again, I, I walked away disappointed with my game and, and knowing that I played it safe. And so uh, we, we just, everybody, all my friends or whatever, we just kind of, we gave the advantage to the blue belt, you know, but really I'm a one stripe blue belt. And, uh, and I was nervous, um, especially man, how you say you weigh like 193. Yeah. Like with my clothes on and all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. When, when I approached you on the mat, I was like, Oh wow. Like he has some pounds on me. Like I definitely recognized that I did not want you, um, mounted me. Like I, I did not want your weight on me at all. You know what I mean? So I was real careful uh, pulling guard when I couldn't take you down because um, your size is a little intimidating. You know, when we're, you know, when you, especially when you're looking, you're used to being paired up with the exact weight. So you did have a little bit of a weight advantage. And I was aware of that, man. Um, but the, the, the once you compete consistently, the nervousness, it doesn't go away but it hits you differently and for me it hit right before the match instead of like the day of or the day before it was more so excitement gotcha so i'm glad you oh go ahead were you about to say something no 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 go ahead and i and i I just wanted to circle back to the um the tap out cancer event as a whole i knew i was going to do it two months ago i I fundraised i raised the 750 bucks in order to you know meet you had to meet raise 250 dollars to register you know and so um, after that, at the 400 and the 600 and the 800 and $1,000 mark, you started getting free merch, right? So I paid, what, 800 bucks under the, in the budget. Under jujitsu last month, I paid $800 for the gym, for travel, for hotels, to go to Nashville and compete. This time, it was in my backyard here in Atlanta. I didn't have to pay for registration, and I was able to actually raise money for a good cause but um in order to fundraise i had to i had to register and commit way early so okay i want to talk about the warm-up but before we do that so i go into the venue on game day and um basically breakfast wise so the night before i just you know carb loaded a little bit ate some pasta had a nice little turkey sandwich nothing crazy the morning of i had some fruit with oatmeal and some eggs and avocado and that was about it and i was feeling really fucking good did a little meditation and then on the drive there that's when i was fucking nervous as hell man because it was also an emotional event for me you know tap cancer out i lost both my grandmothers to cancer so i kind of felt like i like was dedicating this to them you know what i'm saying to their memory so respect to you for raising all that money so i get to the venue and it's like okay here we are it's game day and i actually saw you um, because I recognize you from your Instagram. So I right. walked I walked right up to you and introduced myself. And what's funny about that was this. So I was 100% genuine in what I said in terms of that. Let's put on a show and that I hope that none of us get injured. Yeah. But I also wanted you to underestimate me. I wanted you to be like, oh, I'm going to run through this guy. Like, you know, because I because, you know, actually, it's funny you say that I'm the bigger guy. I thought you were the bigger guy. So I wanted you to underestimate me and think that you were going to walk right through me and then be in for a surprise when we got in there. It totally worked against you, Daniel. So <laughs> in our sport, some of your most skilled practitioners are really good people. Very nice. Very nice on the mat until you start rolling with them and they got you choked out. Very nice off the mat. You know, they're very secure people. They have nothing to prove, you know, as human beings they are good people. So when you came up to me and you introduced yourself, I knew you were being genuine. And I also recognized, like, wow, man, this is a stand-up guy. 
it made me more intimidated because <laughs> I know a lot of high level, nice, like genuinely nice people like black belts and purple belts and brown belts. And so when you came to me super nice, super confident, I'm like, fuck, this guy is being nice to me because he's about to break my shoulder and he feels bad already. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, so you got to be careful with that. Actually, continue doing it because, like I said, it, it, it de definitely didn't make me underestimate you. Definitely made me think you were extremely confident and you wanted me to know that you were a nice guy before we got on the mat. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's actually really interesting to hear your perspective on that because I was thinking it was going to be the opposite. I was thinking you were going to be like, oh, who's who? I'm, I'm going to smoke this guy, you know? So oh, no. that's funny as hell, man. But okay, so. One thing about uh, just competition or just performing in general, not even just jujitsu, but like even back in the day, you know, I was a rock drummer, like playing in bands all across Atlanta. And like you have to warm up before you perform in front of an audience. Now, there was no warm up area at this event. Right. right. So. So basically I get there and my intention was to just go through the normal warm up I go through every single day in class right you know the forward shoulder rolls the back rolls the the hip escapes the techno uh, tech uh, what is it um break fall technical stance um all that stuff right gramby rolls etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you know do some swimming with a partner you know um for um underhooks and overhooks and all that and then maybe work a little positional stuff and then balance on one leg. Cause one of my favorite things is my takedown defense. That's one of my go-tos that I pride myself on is not being able to, or being very hard to be, to be taken down. Uh -huh. So there's nowhere to warm up. There's no mats at all. And at this place, it's like a civic center. It's basically concrete floors with like office carpet. So like you cannot be break falling on like shit like that. You can't be doing forward rolls. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to do a really light warm up. Now, this is the funny part. On the sign up thing or whatever on the website, I said our division starts at 145. Uh -huh. So around like 115, that's when I start my warm up, right? And by 130, when I'm doing my warm up, uh, someone gets on the PA and is like, Daniel Levy, come to ring six in 30 seconds or you will be disqualified. And, and like, it's like 1.30. My match is supposed to start at 1.45 and they're doing that. And I didn't hear that because I'm in the back with a teammate. So my professor calls me like three times in a row. I didn't hear any of his phone calls. And then finally, I heard my phone vibrating in my bag. I was like, hold on, let me see who's calling me. And it was professor. I was like, oh shit, we better get out there. So I walk out there and they're like, Daniel Levy, if you don't get to ring six in, in 60 seconds, you you will be disqualified. So we're fucking running. I'm giving my my boy my bag with my shoes and all my shit, and I'm just running out there. I get right to the mats, and the match is already about to start. It's just shake hands and let's roll. So I didn't even have a second to like think about anything. It was literally like go off the win that you have from the the little ass warm up you had, the half ass warm up on those concrete floors, and just roll. And man, honestly, like. I think that benefited me because I didn't have too much time to psych myself out. I didn't have too much time to overthink things. I didn't have too much time to be like, wow, look how big this guy is. Like, what if this, what if that? It would just go out there, shake hands and roll. And um, I don't know if you saw the match, but it ended up, I ended up beating the guy 14-0, which... Oh, yeah. You were dancing around that guy, dude. <laughs> I was really happy about it. It got to the point where like, you know, I, so to me, it's actually a blur. I don't really remember much of it. I just remember I'd go from like, side control to full mount to this right. to that and right. but one thing i vividly remember was that uh 
my coach was like, Daniel, you're up like 10, nothing. Like try, like try something, like, go for a guillotine or something. Cause like one of the guillotines, one of my favorite moves. So I drop back for a guillotine. That doesn't work. We get back on top of the guy ends up being 14, nothing. And when you, when you beat someone like that, like for me, I still wanted to like console the guy. Cause he was like broken, man. He was like shocked that anyone did him like that. And I, and I, actually give him credit like the fact that you didn't get submitted you survived like you went through that like much respect dude like you'll be back better but like you could tell he was broken like by like he, his head was down he was walking away looked like he was about to cry so i felt like really fucking bad about that and i want i wanted to make sure he knew like dude like this is part of it man like the exact same thing that just happened to you could happen to me very well in my very next match so like oh, yeah. get back in there and just keep your head up yeah, I was there once, dude. I was um I went to uh I think it was Concord. No, I it's Greensville, South Carolina. It was a new breed and I had two blue belts. One of them put me in the leg triangle, choked me out, I had a tap. The other one did exactly what you did to to my man, right? He danced all over me. He had me on neon belly mount. I mean, he was doing anything and everything and I just I could I couldn't get him in my guard. I couldn't sweep him, and uh, he got me 18, 18 zip. He beat the next guy twenty eight zip. Twenty eight. Twenty eight zip. I said, you know, um, had, had, had my girlfriend. It was her first time ever attending, and she's like, she doesn't know anything about. So I'm like, yeah, I'm never seen a jujitsu match twenty eight zero. And look. I'm using that to make me feel better about the fact that I was just be 18 zip, right? But I again I say that to say is I've been there. But I'll tell you, nothing, nothing has ever hurt my feelings on the mat than hurting an opponent. You know, um one match the opponent didn't tap and he actually he actually got put to sleep and with dude, what I know I know it's all about fighting or whatever else, but the whole point of it is is that you tap out before you get choked out or you get hurt seriously. And man, I love the sport and I love my opponents and I love everyone so much. You never want to hurt someone like, you know, like that, like when we all come in to have safe fun. And um, I mean, Hey, he, he lives to, to fight again. And, and we should all be grateful for that. What'd you get him with? Um, cross collar. Okay. So that same thing you tried on me at the end of our match. I love the cross collar. Dude, so okay, so you know what's another thing? Okay, so now I guess we can talk about our match. So I finished my match. It was fourteen nothing. You beat um the uh, I think his name's Antonio, the dude yeah. that was like six foot three. Right. He was a he was a big boy, man. Like he was a scary ass dude. He was. He was. Um, man, I could have racked up some points on him. Again, I played it extremely safe, and um, you know just just talking about like drilling and games and this, that, and the other. Sometimes when you're doing jujitsu, you know what your next move is. Like you, you know where you want to go, but you're kind of stalled out because in transitioning, if you aren't, if you haven't drilled it enough, you got to eliminate that space as you transition. Right. And sometimes when you transition, you actually create space for your opponent. And so there were several times when I was fighting against the guy and, you know, I wanted to transition into a different space, but I was just too afraid because I thought I was going to be creating space by knee sliding or whatever it was that I wanted to move into. So, man, I got to work up my confidence and drill a lot more. 
Okay, someone's act asking here. You said uh, rack up points. There are points in jujitsu for new people. How do you get points? So, for example, a takedown, two points. You get uh -huh. to side control, three points. Full mount, four points. Back take, four points. Neon belly. Neon belly is two or three. I don't remember. Two points. Two points. Um, so, yeah, there's all, all kinds of ways. So, yeah, so if you just got in here. So I, I beat my first guy 14 nothing, and then I fought Josh in the finals. So, Josh, in your fight with Antonio, uh, so it was kind of like, I know it, the match didn't go like ours did, but the score was the same as ours. Like the score, I, Both of my matches were tied, and I won by advantage. Okay. 0-0, zero, zero, both of you guys. So that's why I walked away so disappointed, Daniel, because I'm like, I don't want to. Honestly, the goal didn't have a whole lot of value to me because, you know, I won by advantage, you know? So A win's a win, though, dude. A win's a win. That's what the professor said. So no, it was badass. Um, so okay, so I beat my guy, you beat your guy, then it's me and you about five minutes later in the oh, finals. Man. And it's funny because we had been really friendly to each other, like off the mats, but once we got on the mats, we were competitive as hell. There was sh there was shit talk like in the middle of our fight, which I actually really like because in the gym, like for example, if someone like hits me with like a sweep or a move that I don't expect, I'll talk. I'll be like, "Oh, I didn't know you knew how to do that." You know, just little things like that, just to kind of like get them thinking a little bit. Um, okay. so me and you were talking a lot actually, like, right. and so our match starts off starts off and we're clinched up right away standing we're, we tie up now i felt like you were trying to bait me for something and i couldn't figure out what the hell you were trying to bait me for like were you trying to set up a single leg were you trying to set up a throw like what exactly were because because you were trying to first pull me down but then you got down to one knee and i was kind of like wait why is he down on one knee like what exactly is going on here so what were you trying to bait me for initially well on the one knee i just wanted to see how you will respond i wanted to put a lot of pressure on your neck area and pull you down. Really, I was just trying to see how you were, were going to respond. I wanted you, when I pulled you down, of course, your reaction is, is you pull back up. And at that point, I would have gone for a throw, you know? But um, you have a firm, you have a firm foundation, like you said, with the single leg defense or whatever. Um, whenever I tried to hook a leg with my foot, you easily just undid it, you know? You're very good with that. So, I, I soon decided, okay, look, um, <laughs> the throws aren't going to work here. I need to try to work on some leg control. So that's when I started getting really low. I wanted to do the ankle pick, but your coach kept on calling out that for you to look out for the ankle pick. So I didn't want to let go of your lapel and then go for the ankle pick to take you down. So at some point, I just decided to um, to just pull you into my guard, right? But when I was on one knee, I was hoping that um, what I was hoping was is that you were going to get overconfident and you were just going to try to smash me, in which case I was just going to flip you over. I was going to sweep you. Got you. OK, yeah, because so back to yeah, I like that. I like so back to the shit talk because because um, like, for example, with the dude that I was that I beat 14 nothing, I wasn't going to shit talk him like that. Right. That just wouldn't be cool at all. Well, but me and you, it was head to head 50 50. I felt like it warranted shit right. talk and it's competitive right. talk like we we're boys before and after. Right. Um, so you're trying to do what you're trying to do. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you trying to bait me for here, man? Right. And then uh, you pull me in your guard. And then my coach was like, you're exactly where you want to be, Daniel, because um, 
I love I love being on top. And and every time my coach would say something uh, to me, you'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so fucking funny, dude. Like I was literally about to laugh during our match. Uh, the fact that that you were talking to me because usually I'm the guy that's talking. So the fact that you were talking to me, I thought was hilarious. Well, I love the sport, and my first probably four or five um, tournaments, I was going there by myself with no support at all, no professor, no nothing. You know, maybe I bring a girlfriend or something like that, but. Uh, no, nobody's sitting in my chair. So what I've learned to do is to listen to my opponent's coach. And if he says, you know, Daniel, grab his right lapel, you know, what am I not going to let you do? Grab my right, right lapel. Right. So, <laughs> so I hear him saying it and I'm agreeing because I know he's established. He's telling you, he's giving you pointers. He's giving you directions. But what he's doing for me is he's giving me very, very like concrete data as to what I should not let you do, right? So he's setting up many challenges for me. Your coach says, "Hey, Daniel, this is your clothes guard." I was like, mm-hmm. "This is everybody's favorite, right?" Like trying to psych you out a little bit. Who likes being in clothes guard? Opening up guard is so much work, right? So I wanted you to know that, like, hey, it might might be your favorite position, but you're not going to get out of this easy, you know? Yeah, I respected that a lot. Like, I thought that actually added a new element to the game and was cool to, like, you know, just experience shit talking to me, like, oh, yeah. in, in a live match. So that was awesome. So Mario said, what up, Dan? Were you on top most of the match versus Josh? So basically, we started off on the feet. We were tied up, and we each kind of had, like, half-hearted attempts, like, you know, to kind of take each other down, but we respected each other so much that we kind of, we both had solid foundations. We kind of knew we weren't going to be able to take the other guy down. So Josh, in my opinion, was kind of like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to pull guard and see what happens. So from there, I basically stayed in his guard the remainder of the match. And I think what won him the match was when he was on his guard, he started going for the cross collar choke. Now it was about his cross collar attempt versus my kind of half-assed attempts to pass your guard. And to be honest with you, like, even though I played it off, like the uh, cross collar didn't affect me much. I mean, I was going to let you put me to sleep. Like if it was actually there, like I I didn't want to tap, especially with like 20 seconds left. I was like, okay, if this is in, you can put me to sleep. But I felt like you, you said, fuck it. You blew your arms out trying to go for it. And that's why you got it. Cause you had that max effort. Whereas I kind of try to play it safe, kind of try to coast, kind of try to neutralize you. So the batch ends, it's zero, zero. The ref's got to make a call. You had slightly more effort. You get the job done. They raise your hand. You get the gold medal. And honestly, I'm really happy that you won. Not because, no, trust me, I'd love to sit here and be the gold medalist. I'd love to sit here and say that I won my first ever competition. You know, I won a gold medal on my first ever competition and this and that. But the fact that it went down the way it did, like I said at the beginning of the show, now I know that I need to make things decisive. I need to leave it without a shadow of doubt. Because back to the point we were bringing up, it's one thing to be clear uh, to be close but clear. If it was two nothing, that's close but clear, right? You you can't debate it if it's two nothing. Like you still won two nothing. Had that been the case, but zero zero, like I can How can I cry robbery if it's zero zero and it's it it, it could it could literally go either way. So that really really just showed me like, dude, like we got to make this shit decisive. Like we can't fucking leave it up in the air and let some other guy dictate it. So actually. Thank you. Thank you for that, man, because I think that made me a better competitor, just better everything. 
No, I appreciate you, Daniel. Um, I, I once heard it said that, and this is, um, I don't know if you follow uh, Chewy, the jujitsu uh, yeah. channel, but he explained one time that, you know, whenever we roll against each other, we give a piece of ourselves to our opponent, you know, because one day we're going to be, you know, older, our bodies are going to be beat up. We're not going to be able to do what we're doing now. Right. So when we roll, we give each other a piece of ourselves and we owe it to ourselves to give each other our best. And we walk away and learn lessons. But I mean, uh, when I was in Nashville, Tennessee last month, I got bronze because one match after I won one match, I got tied and it was the exact same situation. Daniel, I was you in that match. I he pulled close guard. I was trying to break his closed guard open the whole time. The ref was even nice at the end, dude. He said, I'm going to give you guys 60 more seconds. Let us do overtime. Guy did the same damn thing. Pulled guard. I'm stuck in his closed guard. I couldn't get out of it. And he got the advantage. He got the advantage. And he won when it was 0-0. So it goes either way. And honestly, even walking away from that, I knew that I had to make the next match definitive and I matched up against you. I mean, sometimes we're just matched up against someone properly. You know what I mean? Like me and you could probably roll five times today and maybe you get three and I get two or vice versa. But I think that we were evenly matched for the most part. Definitely. And speaking of overtime, I'm glad you brought that up because one of my buddies, uh, Kelton, he messaged me like a couple of days before the match. He's like, so what happens if it's a draw? And I was like, dude, like with my style, like I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose. Like there's zero chance that my fights are going to be a draw. And then, and then it ends up fucking being a draw. And I'm not I wasn't aware of the rule set because with some competitions, they do this thing where like, OK, if, it, if it's a draw, you start off with someone on your back and they count how fast you escape the position or you get submitted and then the other person starts on the other person's back and whoever escaped faster or submitted the person faster gets the win. You know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be that, if it was going to be an overtime. Like, I, like a draw had never even crossed my mind. Like I thought I'm either going to win or lose like fair and square no no bullshit i didn't even know a, a, ref, a ref's decision was even an option so i i learned that well believe me i'm not cracking open the ibjjf rule book and reading it from start to finish right <laughs> like i am you know an original usda like meathead like for real so i just show up and try to keep a dominant position go for submissions i think as blue belts the only thing that we can't really do is um, ankle locks and, and knee locks. I don't think that we're allowed to do that stuff yet. I think you have to be purple belt. So I, I wanted to watch out for that, just avoid defeat, try to keep control. And then for the most part, I'm learning something every single tournament, Daniel. I'm learning something every single time, you know? Um, one thing that will happen, and this is just, you know, just a little cue, is if someone pulls guard on you, touch their legs as they're going down. Because based on the rule set, um, if you're touching your opponent's leg as they're going down, you may get the two points for takedown, right? Even really? if they're willingly pulling guard, if you touch their knee as they're going down, 
you get the two points. So it's just small things like that that you'll pick up as you actually, you know, it's like anything more. You kind of just pick up as you do it. And uh, I've learned things that way. And, and believe me, I'm, I've, I've never read any rules at all. Yeah, no, I feel you on that, man. And that's good to know, like, for future reference, like, going forward. So are you trying to compete more as a blue belt? Are you, do you think that you're up next for a purple belt anytime soon? Like, what do you think's next for you? Oh, so I'm not even thinking about the belt thing. This is what I, so I will say this. If I do not get hurt, I am 100% sure that I will get my purple belt eventually, right? Because I'm putting in the work and my lifestyle and culture is centered around this sport right now. I know that I'm committed to competing jujitsu, you know, again, one tournament a month for the next 26 months. So a little over two years. I said I was going to give it three years hardcore competing every single month and see what that gets me. Hopefully me actually competing in tournaments, especially one a month, which is kind of a lot, um, that advances me a little faster than just, you know, showing up at the gym to, to, to roll a couple of, you know, and then also I want to test the art, dude. I don't want to just go roll in the gym and just, no, I want someone trying to attack me and I want to use my jujitsu to defend myself. You know what I mean? Just like with, you know, practical application. Um, with that being said, I'm, I'm committed for a while, but I, I'm not I'm not naive or, or, or overly confident enough to say, hey, you know, I'm definitely going to have this or whatever. I aspire to be a brown belt one day and uh, being a just a brown belt. belt. Huh? Just a brown belt. I, I you know, to, to say that one day I'll be a black belt, it, it seems far fetched, dude, you know, and that's just because I respect the black belts around me so much. That's got to be the goal, man. It's definitely the goal. It's definitely the goal. I just, um, you know, the guys in the gym, they always say, hey, Joshua, you're being too modest, too humble, all this other stuff. And, man, there's just some absolutely beast in this sport, you know. And so to think that I deserve or should have the same belt as some of these beasts is just like, man, I don't know about that, you know. Yeah. So, Back to the nerves, the mindset, dealing with all that stuff. And, you know, because it, it's different when you're rolling in the competition versus when you're rolling in class. Like yeah. in class, I like, I mean, sometimes like this whole week leading up to our match, like I would like just start in worst case scenarios, like let these dudes start in full mount on me. Let these dudes start on my back and mm -hmm. just work the worst case scenarios. And then as the week progressed, then we started off in neutral to kind of simulate the match. But I first wanted to get all the worst case scenarios out the way. But that's just the physical side of things. The mental side of things is what was, you know, on my mind the most. Like, how am I going to deal with people? People kept talking about this adrenaline dump. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I felt it without knowing it because it affected my breathing. But like certain things that people said was going to happen didn't happen. Like people said my arms were going to be so heavy and this and that. I didn't really feel like my arms were that heavy. I just felt like my ne needing to control my breathing was like the biggest takeaway. So I asked like a couple of dudes that are currently in the UFC and that are formerly in the UFC for advice on these things. Now I'm going to share with you okay. what they, what they said, just so you can hear and sense can hear and maybe it can help someone out. So, uh, Bilal Muhammad, he's ranked number five in the world at, at welterweight in the UFC. And I messaged him. I said, I got a question for you, bro. 
how do you deal with the nerves and adrenaline dump? I'm doing a jujitsu tournament Saturday and I'm so damn nervous. It's not even a fight. It's just rolling, which I do all the time. But man, I'm nervous. My goal is to stay calm. I don't want to pump myself up or anything like that. So Bilal's response was, honestly, BJJ tournaments are actually the hardest to deal with because at first match, your arms are dead and you feel like you just rolled 10 rounds. So he said, it's all about just controlling your energy and don't give things that are out of your control any attention. You worked hard, so all you can control is your mentality. You know, don't stress and go out there with the mentality that I need to win the match. Instead, go in there with the mindset of I need to win the minutes. First minute leads to the second minute. Second minute leads to the third. And that ends up, you know, that leads to winning the match. So I thought that was good to kind of just think about it, taking it a minute at a time. Instead of being in there with you and being like, oh, I have to win this match. Just think about, hey, let me win this first minute. Let me win this next minute. And in my first match, it helped a lot. Oh, yeah. It's true, man. Um, I've never been tried like I am in a jujitsu tournament. You come off of one match and sometimes – uh, they're throwing you immediately onto another match. And I mean, you have to compose yourself for me. I just, I have to do a complete mind dump and I have to tell, tell myself that um, it's just love it. Just like, as soon as I got on the mat with you, it was like, Joshua, just love the fight, you know, just, just be here. And, and, and I, I don't, I'm not focusing on the minutes um i'm i'm making sure that if i try something if it's not working that i don't stay clenched up and i let my muscles let it go and try something else and another thing i don't know if you noticed this or not when we got on the mat i'll acknowledge the person before and after the fight but once we start once we get on the mat you're no longer daniel you're just the dude in the gi so one of my things is is after we bow i no longer look in your face i'm looking at your center line and i'm looking at your belt and for some reason, when I just look at the and I get rid of this face here, a lot of different nerves and thoughts tend to uh, it just it, it lets me it lets it. My mind is a lot more silent. No, I completely noticed that because that goes back to the trash talk. Like we weren't shit talking each other before the fight, acting like dogs, acting like, yeah. oh, I'm going to I'm going to whoop you. Oh, you're going to whoop me. It was like we were super respectful. But once we got on there, we were competitors and we right. were talking shit to each other the right. whole bit right. and i thought that was fucking awesome so yeah. another guy i asked advice to was uh billy quarantillo he's another very exciting ufc fighter and um i basically asked him the exact same question that i asked to Bilal muhammad so this is what he told me he said uh you do this all the time. What's the worst that could happen? I feel like even when I fight in the UFC, people don't really care if you win or, or lose. They just care about their own stuff. So don't let anyone else add pressure to you because at the end of the day, no one cares. Have fun, have fun out there and win and learn or move on. Mm -hmm. That's a good mindset to have. Um, of course, you know, I... I want to be careful with the whole fun word because you. I've gone into tournaments before saying, hey, Joshua, let's just have fun and have gone home 
hanging my head low because I lost and thinking, hey, maybe next time we don't go into it thinking we should have fun. Let's have a different mindset, you know. So but at the end of the day, it probably boils down to what we're doing, you know, up until the match. How much time are we spending on the mats? You know, like you said, how are we eating? How are we exercising? You know, what's our mentality? For sure. And then the last person I asked advice for was a former UFC fighter named James Vick. At one point, James was 9-1 and one in the UFC, and he made it to the top 10 at lightweight uh, before he ended up retiring. But so when I asked him about the adrenaline dump and the nerves, this is he gave me a more like suck it up kind of answer. He, he was like, unfortunately, there's only one answer. You are going to have it regardless of who you are when you first start competing, but you have to be in phenomenal shape and your conditioning will push you through. So my answer is you just got to be in great shape to deal with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing these days, Daniel. Um, I don't think that I'm more skilled than any of my opponents. You know, we're, we're all in the gym learning the same moves, drilling with, you know, high level belts. I don't think that um, I'm the strongest, but uh, I know that conditioning is I'm, I'm pretty strong there. So I, I really put a lot of focus on conditioning and try to get a little edge there on you guys. I mean, I thought you had an edge there, man, because I mean, like when, when I when I walked up to you, I was like, holy fuck, this guy is strong. This guy is built like this guy is jacked like shit. Like he's going to be super strong when we get out there. So it actually kind of makes me think that like, you know what, let's do extracurricular activity now for the next one. Like, you know, like outwork them outside the gym too, not just in diet, not just, you know, because I show up to the gym every day for jujitsu. Like I ain't missing jujitsu. Like that's the bottom line. That's like my passion. And honestly, I never even got into it to compete. I just got into it to learn how to defend myself. And I fell in love with the art. But like I was telling you earlier, now that I'm at the point where like I'm pretty fucking close, I'm knocking on the door of my purple belt. I was like, dude, I got to compete while I'm still a blue belt. Like I got to get that experience out the way. And having done that, I really do feel like it elevated my game to that next level and then having the close match with you where it was literally like you know just just trying to make it that much more decisive on either way could have swayed the opinion of the referee that much more when there's no points involved right because yeah. if there's points involved this is a different story like if it like i said if it's three nothing two nothing four nothing whatever then we can't debate we can't argue shit but when it's zero zero you have to show you're giving that effort to try to finish, to try to win, to try to do this. And that's what's going to get you there. So I learned a very valuable lesson and I want to thank you for that. No, man, I appreciate you being the person that you are being super genuine, coming to introduce yourself, you know, as soon as you saw me and, you know, just being, you know, super cool on and off the mats. I really appreciated it. Um, it could have gone either way. Honestly, dude, I, I really think you could have had me. Honestly, um, I think I got lucky. And um, everything that the guys have said about the more that you compete, the more natural it will become. It will never be 100% natural. But I started competing as a white belt, dude. And um, I just got my blue belt in like November. And uh, I, I I've been in probably four or five tournaments since then, maybe six. And uh, it, it does get better. And man, I'm glad you started now because I imagine when you start as a purple belt, think about it as a purple belt, 
you go in at, now you're competing against other purple belts but you could be competing against a four stripe purple belt as a fresh purple belt so here these people have years of experience on you and just because you have that same belt um and and it so i'm glad that you got in earlier rather than later because um in the in the beginning stages of any belt you kind of get worked over yeah and that's what i'm expecting but again it's back to like that I feel like it kind of relieves the pressure. Like if I'm going in there as a purple belt, like especially early oh, purple yeah. belt, I'm oh, expected yeah. to lose. I go in as an underdog right. and it's not much pressure on, off, on my back. Whereas here it was like, dude, I can't lose to a guy that just got his blue belt. Like, right. especially when I'm right on the cusp of getting my purple, like what kind of message is that going to send to my professor, my teammates, like this and that. So it was like so much pressure. And, um, I, I hate, I mean, I don't hate bringing up that I stepped up in weight class, but I don't want that to feel like I'm discrediting you or any of the other guys that I went up against because it's not like I, no, made man, that, I, mean, I made that choice. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, I, I, I feel like you you it could have gone either way. So, you know, regardless of weight class or whatever else, um, you're solid on the mats. Um, with that being said, I'm a little bit of a sadist and, and even, and even, you know, kind of chase pain myself. So I'm looking forward to getting choked out by you one day, you know, um, what <laughs> gym are you a part of, man? Team octopus. Team octopus out of where? Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs. Okay. And I'm X three out of West Midtown. So I'm sure we'll link up soon, man. Yeah. You know, I actually used to uh, train at X three West Midtown twice a week. Like, you know, I was telling you at the beginning of the show, mm -hmm. Two of my best friends trained there, uh, Robert yeah, Hale yeah. and Nathan Williams. So uh, before the pandemic, they used to have uh, it was Friday night and Sunday uh, sparring. And he would just they would just get fighters from all across Georgia to just come in there. And obviously, I'm not an MMA fighter, but I one of the things, you know, with the show Half the Battle, I wanted to know as much about the sport as possible. So one of the ways for me to do that was to just throw myself in there with the professional fighters, spar them, grapple with them, and just learn about the sport that way. Like, if I'm not going to get in the cage and get punched in the face, at least I was getting in the gym getting punched in the face by pro fighters. So, like, that kind of, like, molded me and, like, taught me about because like when you watch ufc with a casual and someone's inside control the the casual is going to be like oh get up just get up and it's like well do you know what that chest on chest feels like right. or you take a hard leg kick you get punched in the liver you get rocked from a, a shot to the chin if you don't know what that feels like you don't know what these athletes are going through so that's why i wanted to immerse myself in that world so that i would have a better understanding and i feel like my time at x3 did help me with that so i love i got all the respect for x3 at west midtown that's awesome brother i'm glad you and i crossed paths I am as well. And if you ever want to come to Team Octopus, get some training in. Because I would love to meet again in a match, but I think I'm dropping, man. I think I'm dropping to 175 like for my next one, which is July 2nd. It's a, it's actually at the same place we we competed at, um, the Cobb uh, County Civic Center. It's going to be for the American Grappling Federation. You heard about that yet? Yeah, I'll be there. You What weight are you doing there? Uh, probably the 180 to 190. Okay, 180 to 190. So mm -hmm. I really... Uh, my goal is to get to 75 for that one. So, we'll, so you know, we can just root each other on uh, for that one. And maybe we can get some training in down the line. Yeah, for sure. I, I can almost commit to uh, come up to that. I'm going to come up to your gym and I'm going to uh, play around with you guys for sure. 
Hell yeah, I appreciate that. Well, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Uh, let the fans know uh, where they can follow you on Instagram and anything else you want to plug, anything, any message for the fans, let them know. Yeah, for sure. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Joshua Blake with three E's. Again, um, my craft is aviation. I'm an aircraft mechanic and pilot. I have a brand called The Bird Craft, which is the craft of maintaining birds. Um, I usually do a lot of YouTube channel uh, content to teach people, you know, I rebuild helicopters and just try to, you know, someone who wants an aircraft mechanic license, kind of show them what it's like on the inside. And um, outside of that, you guys just do the tough thing, you know, whatever it is that's on your conscience, you know, um, that you feel like it's cool for you to be doing. But then when you try to actually, you know, make it practical there's all these obstacles you feel like you can't do this you feel like i believe that that is actually where the great creator where god i, I think that is who you're meant to be so you have to eliminate the excuses you have to do the hard thing to make that vision to work that vision of you in your mind regardless of how uncomfortable regardless of how hard and then when you start to make yourself happy when you start to give yourself Prove to yourself that you can do the things that you visualize in your mind. Everything else will work itself out. Everything else. So do the tough thing. Do the tough thing. I, I wholeheartedly agree because one of the reasons I didn't compete in the past was because I was scared to compete. But guess what? I was still scared to compete this past weekend, but I did it anyways. I Oh, I faced myself like you were talking about. It's, it's not me versus you. It's you versus you. Right. So like literally I was <laughs> the, the kind of tricks your mind will play on you, like thinking that, well, if I don't get to the ring on time, I'll get disqualified and then I can just say it was bullshit and I won't have to roll or, or just all kinds of crazy ass shit. Right. But I, but at the end of the day, I was like, dude, listen, we're going to be scared. We're going to be nervous, but we're just going to go out there and do it anyways. And honestly, once like the match starts the nerves kind of go away it's just the week leading into it it's just right before it's all all that right before is when you're the most scared but once you're actually in there it's just grappling once again okay. the only difference though and this is what i want to get better with with time is being able to take more risks being able to not to not just play it safe and not just have my go-to's which my go-to's you know my go-to's by now i want to i want to be on top i want to neutralize someone uh, and make their life hell but like i'm not out here about to go for you know um fucking bow and arrow chokes and shit like in the gym i might try those but those are not my go-to's right like stuff and stuff like that so i only do my go-to's right now because it's like that's what i feel comfortable doing in competition but i'm not going to go for arm bars off my back like i'm just not comfortable doing that right that's not my game mm -hmm. my game is to be on top and neutralize someone and yeah so i'd love to be able to feel more comfortable taking more risks and trying new things not just in the gym but in the actual competition setting so yeah, I feel like it's just about more experience, more time, and eventually that kind of stuff will come. Yeah, of course, bro. You're on the path. Because you see these dudes that do it at the highest level, and they're trying new shit out there. And that's what like that's what separates the greats, that they're able to go out there and do things that they've never done before, do things that you've never seen before. Like when Anderson Silva was fighting, like I know a lot of these techniques have been drilled in advance, but I also feel like sometimes it was just the artist in the moment 
uh, painting that masterpiece that he had, he had never painted that masterpiece in the gym, but he painted it out in live competition. So it just takes time to be able to get to that level. So it's just, it's pretty cool to uh, have had this first one behind me. Oh yeah, I agree, man. And I'm extremely proud of you, brother. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the the match again. Congrats on the gold medal, man. And uh, look forward to your next one, dude. You take care of yourself. All right. Thanks for having me down. You guys take care. See you, my man. Peace out. So that was Josh Jones. Uh, like I said, three time gold medalist, three times silver medalist, two times bronze medalist. Really cool, dude. We had a really, really tough role. He's an extremely strong guy. He's a great competitor. And as y'all could see, just a really cool dude outside of this as well. So it was an honor to have him on the show. Make sure y'all follow him. Um, he, he, he plugged his, uh, his IG. I don't know if, I don't know it off the top of my head, but in the description, in the show notes, I'll find out what it is and, and, and plug it. I think it was Joshua Blake with three E's. I believe that's what it was. So yeah, he's a really, really cool dude and I wish him nothing but the best. So for all the fans, thank you guys so much for all your support, man. The messages y'all sent me this whole week leading up to it, uh, meant a lot. And now I can't wait for my next one, July 2nd. Uh, going to be competing again and uh, obviously next week UFC is back so I'll be back to break down the next card so thank you all everybody smash that like button hit the subscribe button share comment retweet do everything I truly truly appreciate it uh, you can subscribe to half the battle everywhere podcasts are found follow me on twitter at best fight picks thank you all again so much and until the next time let's cash these bets